Welcome to the Loving Truth Podcast, where it's all about finding clarity, confidence, and peace in the face of marriage challenges. And now your host, relationship expert and certified master life coach, Sharon Pope. Hello, loves. This is Sharon Pope, and this is The Loving Truth. Today, we're going to be talking about rekindling desire once it's been lost. And when you are struggling in your marriage, it's super, super common that you are not going to be drawn to or attracted to or desire your partner. Now, I have a course called From Disconnection to Desire that I offer that basically takes you through all the steps that need to happen between being in a place of feeling disconnected in your marriage to a place of where you genuinely are attracted to and desire your partner. Now that is not one step. It's not one simple step to go from here to there. There's a whole bunch of steps that have to take place and that's what that course is about. So today I wanna talk about once you've done all those steps, once you've really done the heavy lifting of those steps and the final frontier seems to be not feeling attracted to or desiring your partner, how to overcome that, all right? So let's first talk about, what when I say heavy lifting, what am I referring to? Things like you have dramatically improved the communication inside your relationship. The reason I know that it needs to dramatically improve is because first of all, I know that every couple can get better at communicating. But if you're struggling in your relationship, I promise you that there is a communication issue. There might be other issues as well, but for sure there's a communication issue. So you've dramatically improved the communication between the two of you. You have created more intimacy between the two of you. You trust one another and you respect one another. You can see the good in your partner and there are many things that you genuinely appreciate about your partner. You've gotten to that place. You've also lowered your own stress because ladies, you cannot be in your head and in your body at the same time. And if we're in our heads and we're thinking about our to-do list and all the things that we have to get done, or we're super stressed or overwhelmed in any way, sex is the furthest thing from our minds. So we've got to get out of our heads and into our bodies. If you have healed the resentments or released the resentments that you've been carrying towards your partner, that can be helpful. And if you're no longer angry with one another, because anger inside of a relationship puts the brakes on desire, right? You can't be angry at someone and want to have sex with them. <laughs> Most of us cannot do that. And lastly, you're really, really present with one another you are very conscious and you're very present and you put the damn phones down and you're just with each other. And so you've really built up some good habits over the course of months or years. And so every other element of your relationship feels great. The last piece that's missing is desire. These are the people I'm talking to right now. See, many of you, you haven't necessarily done all that work of the heavy lifting and creating intimacy and more communication and really trusting each other and bearing the resentments and all that kind of stuff. So that's where your work is. But I want you to know that there is a path to a place of where you're able to desire your partner again. And here's the reason I say that, because a lot of times people will say to me, 
well, yeah, Sharon, I hear you. We should do all those things. And that sounds great, but I'm not attracted to them. And I'm not going to go the rest of my life without ever having sex again. So why bother? Right? They don't necessarily say why bother, but that's sort of the implication. They'll say, yeah, but I hear you, Sharon, but which always means you're not actually hearing me. You're not actually open to what it is that I'm offering every time we say, yeah, but. So if you haven't done some of that heavy lifting, then, then that's really your path forward. But I don't want you to use the lack of attraction as an excuse to not do those things. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm not attracted to them, so why bother doing all those things? I'm telling you that once you do all those things, there is a path forward that we're going to talk about today to getting back to a place of desiring your partner, okay? So when you've gotten to this place of where you genuinely care about your partner again in a new way and you have love for them, the last piece that's missing is attraction and desire. Well, we're probably going to go to a place that you're not expecting and that is We've got to have a conversation about hormones. Yep, I said it. We've got to have a conversation about hormones. We can't talk about desire without talking about hormones. You see, a lot of people think that desire or attraction to someone is sort of like magic pixie dust. Like we don't really know where it's formed or how it's formed. And sometimes we're even surprised by the people that we're attracted to. And so that can make us feel like there's some magical element, like it's pixie dust that someone sprinkles over you and it's there one minute and then a few years later it's not there. And we think we have no idea about what's happening or that we have any control over it. And so what I want to share with you is that we do have way more control over it than we're aware because no one ever linked up these things for us that our desire and who we're attracted to and when we feel turned on has everything to do with our hormones. And since we can't actually see our hormone fluctuations in our bodies, that's why I think we also believe that attraction has some magical element to it when it doesn't. So let's pull the curtain back and talk about this. We're going to nerd out for a second. I want you to stay with me as we talk about hormones, and then we'll come back to how to improve it, how to apply what you learned, okay? So when you're first dating someone and everything is new and exciting, there's a lot of the hormone oxytocin running through our bodies. Now, oxytocin is associated with attraction and desire specifically. Now, sometimes, when that oxytocin is running through our bodies, that's when we get feeling really turned on or really attracted to or drawn to someone. Now, the other time that oxytocin can really take a hold is when we get to a place where we come really close to losing what we have. Oxytocin, can, it's not always necessarily like everything's wonderful. Many times it is because it's also considered the cuddle hormone and the feel-good hormone. But one of the things I will tell you is that sometimes people will have great sex. A couple will have amazing sex right after an affair is discovered. And you might think that that's counterintuitive or that that's strange, but it's not because we come so close to almost losing our partner that that sends us into almost like a withdrawal state from a drug. That's what it feels like hormonally in the body. 
sometimes people will tell me um, that letting go of a number three will also create that sort of like drug withdrawal feeling in their bodies. And it's a hormonal response. That's what's happening. Okay. So oxytocin, if we get back to that hormone, the reason I'm telling you about this is because oxytocin is the part, is the hormone that's going to sort of get things going. That's going to help you feel desire in your body. So it's really critical to this whole equation. Now there's two other hormones that we need to talk about. We also need to talk about testosterone. Testosterone is the hormone that it, it's sort of the, the sexual trigger hormone for the brain. When there's enough testosterone running through our bodies, it lights up the hypothalamus and it sort of ignites erotic feelings and literally physical sensations in our erogenous zones. So that's when we start to feel the physical sense of being turned on, not just the mental sense of being turned on. So testosterone is really important. Now for women, if it if our testosterone drops below a certain level, we very likely will lose interest in sex altogether. Not just sex with our partner, but just no interest in sex altogether. And it's just a testosterone issue. For men, men also have low testosterone issues, particularly as they age and their testosterone declines. It never will go to where the point where a woman's would go. Men will always have more testosterone than women. That's just a natural fact. But there are things that men can do when they have low testosterone to help boost that or to not have it drop so low. Things like eating healthy fats, getting rid of sugar and carbs in your diet. Um, when you have really high stress in your life or you're not sleeping or you have a real sedentary lifestyle or you're drinking a lot of alcohol, those are all things that are going to lower your testosterone. So essentially, you have to live a more healthy life to keep your testosterone up so that then we can keep our sexual desire and drive alive as well. So testosterone is an important hormone. The last one to talk about is estrogen. And for ladies, estrogen, that is the thing that, that's the hormone that makes us more receptive to sex. It also very literally provides lubrication for us. So it makes sex more comfortable, more enjoyable for us. But when our estrogen drops, there are also some other things that come along with that drop in estrogen. For instance, we are less concerned about keeping the peace. I don't know if you've noticed, those of you that are going through menopause or, or are on the other side of menopause, but you're not really interested in keeping the peace or saying it in a nice way. You're just, you're just more blunt. You're more direct. You're more to the point. You're not as interested in pleasing everyone else. So some of that stuff starts to go away as, your, as our estrogen drops. We also will get less of a dopamine rush from things that used to really light us up, even like getting together with our girlfriends, which used to be a really exciting thing for us. You know, now once our estrogen starts dropping, it's just not as exciting. So we don't get as many of those dopamine hits in our bodies. And lastly, because we are no longer nurturing little ones, we also then don't have that same sort of nurturing oxytocin response. And so we tend to come across as a little bit less concerned about everybody else's feelings. And we're not as attentive to everyone as maybe we were for the first or the last 20 or 30 years. So those are some of the things that can happen 
when our hormones are changing. And by the way, our hormones, especially for women, are always changing, literally, on a day-to-day basis. So the biggest part of what I just shared with you is that oxytocin. If you want to feel attracted to your partner and you want to get some desire going, you want to feel turned on in your life and in your marriage, there are some things that you can do. I'm going to speak specifically today to the marriage piece, although I'll probably do a podcast in the future that's around just feeling turned on and passionate in your own life because that's a really important part of this equation as well. But for right now, let's focus on your relationship. So I'm going to give you four things that you can do. The first one is we've got to insert fun back into our relationships. Think about when you were dating. Y'all had fun together, didn't you? You did things that were new, maybe exciting. You challenged each other or you did something that maybe he was more comfortable with, or he did something that you were more comfortable with. There was always something sort of new and kind of fun. And for some reason, when we get married, and then we buy a home, and we get involved in our careers, and then we have babies, and we're raising a family, fun flies out the window, doesn't it? It's like, who's got time for fun? (laughs) I don't have fun, I got things to do, (laughs) right? And so we lose some of that fun, lighthearted energy, certainly inside of our relationship. Now, a lot of times people will say, I'm working on my marriage. I always say, working on my marriage sounds about as much fun as a root canal. So sometimes when we're struggling in our marriages, the only time that we get together as a couple is when we're having these deep, heavy, difficult conversations about what's not working in our relationship. And I would argue, yes, some of that is necessary. Of course, when there are struggles, we need to be able to talk about them. But we also need to have the same amount of fun added into the equation. We need to get back to a sense of joy and enjoying one another and not just making it hard work to do together. So we need to insert some more fun. I would suggest a good way to do this is to take a cooking class together or to cook something together. The reason I say cooking is because it uses your senses. You can smell the food, you can taste the food, you obviously can see the food and touch the ingredients as you're making the meal. So it brings in a more sensory type of experience, but also you can do anything that feels new to you. So for instance, um, sometime last year, my husband and I went kayaking with the manatees. So we got in a kayak in the ocean and we saw a bunch of manatees. And it sounds really great right now, but I'm going to tell you, I was super anxious (laughs) in that given moment because while I like being near the water, I don't actually like being in the water. And a kayak is pretty close to the water. (laughs) And when there's big, huge manatees around you, there's an element of, oh, this thing could tip over and I could go into the water. So, but I'm going to tell you, it was new. It was exciting. That's adventurous for me. And while I was fearful, I still did it and I was proud of myself afterwards. And so it, it just sort of livened things up. All right. So look for opportunities to do something fun, to do something new that might light the two of you up. Because I promise you, you were having fun before all the heaviness of life got a hold of you. And that helped keep that closeness between the two of you. And I promise you, it also helped your being attracted to your partner. People we laugh with, we're really drawn to. Okay, 
The next one I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna be resistant to, especially if you're super disconnected in your relationship. But the reason I'm telling it to you is because it is the single fastest way to get back to a place of connection to raise your oxytocin level, and that is physical touch. There's nothing that will get the oxytocin flowing through your body more quickly than the physical touch of another human being. So that can be all kinds of non-sexual touch, right? Not all touch has to lead to sex. Holding hands, hugging, putting an arm or, or putting a hand on, on their arm or putting a hand on their leg as they're talking. Anything like that will help you increase the oxytocin, okay? So I know that you're probably resistant to it, and, but there are plenty of studies that will show that if you hug someone, and there's a certain amount of time, like I wanna say it's like 30 seconds or 60 seconds, it's way longer than what will feel natural and normal to you, because most of us hug for like five seconds, 10 seconds might feel really long. <laughs> but if you can keep a hand there or hug, or hold hands, or sit closer together on the couch while you're watching TV. Anything to increase the oxytocin. And physical touch is a surefire way to do it. Another thing to do is to flirt more. And that might also sound foreign to you right now because it's been a long time since you've probably flirted with your partner. But we did it when we were dating, didn't we? And it was probably way before they had all these cute little apps of flirtatious emojis and text messages that you could send to each other, right? We would, we would call each other in the middle of the day and say, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight, or I can't wait to be in your arms tonight. We might text each other and, and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Um, or we might send a little flirty emoji or something like that. But this flirting, you know, patting them on the butt when you walk by them in the kitchen or touching the small of their back as you move behind them in the kitchen, something like that. Like any kind of flirtation can happen and it can happen physically or, or it can happen verbally. But that's another thing that we did when we were dating and why we were all turned on and had lots of oxytocin running through our bodies. And now, because we're not doing these things, we shouldn't actually be surprised that our desire level has gone way, way down. The last thing I will tell you is slow it all down. I feel like in our culture right now, we are so committed to getting shit done, aren't we? Right? Our to-do list drives us every day and we just go, go, go. And there's so much on our plates these days, especially if you're raising kids. Like, I'm sorry, but you have way more on your plate than probably three adult human beings can get accomplished on any given day. So... I want you to think about when it comes to creating desire, desire isn't something that you make happen. Desire is something you allow to happen. It's like creating a garden with fertile soil where good things can grow. But you're not standing over the garden going, grow, damn it, grow, get, you need to come out of the ground right now. Like I just planted the seed yesterday, where's the corn? No, no, no. We understand it in the garden analogy. And so I want you to sort of use that same mentality here. Slow things down. This isn't something you have to make happen. It's not something on your to-do list. And it's certainly not three steps to creating desire. Okay? Slow it down. Savor more. Witness. Appreciate. 
find things to appreciate about the moment, about your partner. Dive in, right? Drop into the moment. Be really, really present with your partner so that you can really connect with them. That's how you're going to increase the oxytocin, feel more connected, and then be drawn to your partner. It's all through presence, and it's slowing it all way, way down. Now, you know, I've been saying, these are the things that we did when we were courting. We, we had fun together. We flirted. We certainly had physical touch. And we were present for each other. We slowed things down. Although it's way more necessary now, being 10 years into a marriage, 20 years or 30 years into a marriage. It's way, way more important now. But we did all those things before, and now we're not doing them. So I would argue that we shouldn't actually be surprised that our desire has gone down because our, the oxytocin in our bodies, as it relates to this relationship, has just plummeted. Right? So we've got to do things to actively increase that hormone of oxytocin. Now, sometimes I will use this analogy of weight loss in relationships because there's no denying it in, in when it comes to weight loss. And so sometimes using an analogy can help us really uh, grasp the concept. And here's what I will say. I have lost and then found again the same 10 or 20 pounds over and over and over again. And the reason that that is my experience is because I know what I'm doing. I'm very clear about what I'm doing. I'm going on good behavior. I'm going on the diet so that then I lose the weight and then I feel really good in my body and then I go back to my old behaviors. So then I put the weight back on until I'm ready to take the weight off again and then I go back on good behavior. So <laughs> I do the things that I need to do to get the result until I get the result. And then once I have the result, I stop doing the things that gave me success. So of course I have lost the weight, gained the weight, lost the weight, gained the weight. That makes perfect sense in that example, right? It's the same thing as it relates to desire inside of our marriages. We're not doing the things that are getting us the result that feels so good to the point where we want to pledge our lives to this other person and say, there's no other person on the planet that I ever want to be with for the rest of my life. That's how much oxytocin is running through our bodies when we're dating. But then we stop doing those things because we got the result. We got married. We said till death do us part, no matter how miserable we make each other. And then we stop doing those behaviors and then we think that desire is like some magic pixie dust. It's not, okay? It's we've stopped doing the things that got us the good results before. And so we've got to bring them back. Now, I know sometimes people will say, well, it shouldn't have to be that hard. Relationships, marriage shouldn't have to be that hard. You know, wanting to have sex with my partner shouldn't have to be that difficult. Look, it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be difficult but it does take effort. There's nothing on the planet that thrives when you turn your back to it. I don't care if you're talking about a houseplant or a child. Like we have to pay attention to our relationships. We have to pay attention to cultivating a fertile soil so that good things can grow between us. Okay. So people, if the people that will say, or if maybe you're 
one of the people that have previously thought like, oh, I shouldn't have to work at it. It should just be natural. That is a whole line of horseshit. <laughs> and really what it's doing, it is serving you in a way. It's helping you be lazy so that you don't have to do any of the heavy lifting of making a relationship work. Because the reality is, is that making a relationship work does take effort. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. It certainly doesn't have to feel like a root canal. But it does take some focused effort. So if you've been feeling a lack of desire or attractiveness to your partner and you're thinking, well, there's no way around that. Until I can magically feel desire towards my partner, I guess this marriage, it's only ever going to be what it is today. That's not true. Go back to dancing with the one that brung you, doing the things that got you the result. Insert more fun, insert more physical touch, insert more flirtation and slow it all way down and be really present with your partner and see if that doesn't increase the oxytocin in your body and start to get more attractiveness or desire pointed at your partner. All right, I hope that was helpful for you. Until next time, take really good care. If you're listening to this podcast because you're struggling to decide whether to stay or go in your marriage and you're serious about finding that answer, it's time to book a truth and clarity session with a member of my team. On the call, we'll discuss where you are in your marriage and explore if there's a fit for you and I to work together so you can make and execute the right decision for you and your marriage. Go to clarityformymarriage.com to fill out an application now. That's clarityformymarriage.com. If you've been stuck and struggling in your marriage for years or even decades, and you're serious about finding the confidence, clarity, and peace you desire, it's time to book a Truth and Clarity session with a member of my team. On the call, we'll discuss where you are in your marriage and whether I can help you come to a decision about how to move forward and guide you through every step of that difficult journey. Go to clarityformymarriage.com to fill out an application now. That's clarityformymarriage.com. Dot com.